There's a straight dog sniffing at the rug There's a lipstick penis in the bathroom mirror But she hasn't got time for love I got the neighbor screaming in my bedroom And I'm afraid to open the door There's a crooked white cross in my baby's heart It's got her going back for more Osmosis, where intelligent dissonant thought meets melodic euphonious reality. I am your musically magnanimous host, Nick the Saucy One Cat Source, broadcasting as always from the top of Meth Mountain, Tennessee. And I also want to introduce my procussively proficient co-host, calling in all the way from Charm City, Maryland. My pal, Odell, is here. Odell, what's up? What is up? What is up, man? <laughs> Last episode, I said Wednesday night musical osmosis, and I was like, well, technically, we record on Wednesdays, but now, because we're not doing them live, they go up later, right. and I don't want to confuse America, because America's easily oh. confused. They'll be like, see, that's just a, that's a, that's a planned conspiracy right there. Like yep. You said Wednesday, but it's actually Saturday. Yeah, I mean, everybody knows I'm part of the deep state. Speaking of deep state, man, you know, I feel like every time we do these shows, if there's like a week, two weeks between it, like Trump supporters have boycotted like 19 new things. And this is bizarre. And it's like stuff that used to be considered more right wing or more like, you know, like the redneck type of thing, like Budweiser, Ford, um, NFL. And this thing came out today about um Goodyear and now all the Trump supporters are like Goodyear oh they're leftists uh. and I'm just I'm picturing like these two Trump supporters standing outside their house and it's like the Ford truck comes by it's got like a NASCAR bumper bumper sticker on the back and a Dolly Parton cassette playing in the tape deck and Goodyear tires and they're like oh my god Antifa's here Antifa liberals the liberals are here they're taking over our town the liberals are coming Fucked up upside down universe that we live in, where all these things that used to be associated with like the more conservative country living out in the country, like now it's just like NASCAR, the socialists, Dolly Parton's a leftist radical. Like, where are we? Yeah, yeah, I, I I don't know. I, I, it's I'm to the point now where it's, uh, I'm just 
I get so frustrated. Like I can only watch a little bit of the news or read a little bit, and then I I have to move away because I'm just like I don't know what what's going on. I don't know what you know, I, I don't get it, but I, I really I just don't get it. I, <laughs> that's the thing. It's like I'll talk to uh, Susan and just like I really don't understand it. I, everything is wrong and everything on one side and. Just crazy. The man. world has been taken over by QAnon sense madness. I call them QAnon yeah. nonsense. It, it's but, seriously QAnon nonsense. Yeah, you you hit it right on the head. I love that um, JFK still alive though. He's 103 and he's like um, Trump's sensei to take down the deep state. That's one of my favorites. And <laughs> yeah. horrifying. So, anyways, pushing all the important sanitized buttons back there in her hermetically sealed yeah. bubble is our producer 3D does things. <laughs> That's me. So um, we got some great guests coming up uh, next month. Uh, yeah, we're gonna have a rat problem up around here, and by oh, rat boy. I don't mean rodents. I mean rat with two T's. Yeah. Right. King Buzzo from the Melvins, Laura Hope. We've got quite the little shows of brewing next month. Yes, we do. So keep an eye either on our Facebook, which you can find by going to Facebook and typing in the search bar, Musical Osmosis. Or you can search us on Google, same way. Or you can just type in musicalosmosis.com. We're also available on all your regular podcasty type apps, uh, including the iTunes and all that stuff's. Uh, so wherever you get your podcast, you can probably find it. And if there. you see like an Antifa super soldier with a Motel cocktail getting ready to bomb a government building, walk up and ask them where you can find like the super secret episodes of Musical Osmosis on the dark web. Exactly. He'll, He'll hand you like an egg like in the old um, raver days in the 90s where you had to find oh, the secret gosh. warehouse. Yeah, that's how yeah. you find our – these are just <laughs> the front Musical Osmosis episodes that make us look squeaky clean. Mm-hmm. You don't know what's the real really going state on. state broadcast, yeah. Or in, in the actually, other of the internet. Actually, our whole our whole podcast is just a code for another podcast, sort of like you know uh, a Christmas story. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like this podcast to find the real episodes <laughs> where we channel ghosts. We talk to Tupac and Elvis a lot. That's it. There you go. All right, let's get tonight's guest in here. Tonight's guest is a vocal juggernaut and spiritual conduit for universal sound from the undefinable band Radio Free Universe. Here to talk about his latest album, Love, the politically outspoken, wow, cosmically calm, George Panagopoulos. George, hey, welcome. what's up? Welcome, my fellow uh, Greek. How are you hey, doing? Hey, George. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Thanks for um, calling into the show, letting us bend your ears so we can talk about all the important things in life that truly matter, you know, life, love, music, and so forth. I'm glad to have you on. It's a pleasure to be here. So let me start with the generic question. I've started all these shows with since March. The thing that's on everyone's mind, how you're dealing with the current COVID crisis, how the band's holding up, and um, just basically as a human, how are you dealing with everything between this and our toxic, outside down, you know, political viper pit that is like screamed into our faces every day, 24-7, like on every social media platform on Earth? Uh, Dalai Lama. All right. <laughs> pretty much Amen. <laughs> pretty much my whole code right now. I just, uh, he's, he's, you know, recently turned 85 and he's just got the best attitude, even about the most inane things. I'm not there yet. I, I, I get really mad on social media as you guys are just kind of going off there. It's just, 
you know, sometimes people are so stupid, your nose bleeds, right? I've recently started <laughs> yeah. getting, getting that problem. And so there's a, there's a certain level of, of patience, though, that, that we have to learn as humans. And it's a great time to exercise or that muscle, you know. And uh, mm-hmm. when we're angry, and instead of, like, you know, going ballistic, you just sort of, like, analyze your anger. And, you know, like, like when you look at the universe and you, you analyze what the universe is, it kind of disappears really quickly. When you look at what matter is made up of, it becomes nothing real fast. And you just become this machine of perception and you're just inputting all this stuff, you know, and you output, you know, all this stuff in, in this realm that your perception can tune into. But when you actually look into it, it's almost like nothing's there and just a bunch of waves bouncing around. So anger is the same way. And I, I found that this record, um, love and compassion is not the same. Uh, You focus on compassion and love for people and it gets stronger and becomes more intense. And, and it's just a beautiful uh, thing to think about. And I try to do that. I try to exercise that muscle. And so that's kind of how I've been doing it. And that in the time of, of work, I've been doing this since COVID hit regularly and my life has improved. You know, I have a, I have a beautiful, I had a nice house before and now I have my dream house. Um, I had uh, a good good career before, and now it's like you know, actually, people listening to the music, <laughs> like, and because, right, yeah. because of COVID, because people would not have listened to our record, we decided to release it anyway because we thought the world kind of needed it. Or oh, that's own. for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, I just you know, a good vibe; it wouldn't hurt, right? At least right, I think right. it's a good vibe. And so, oh yeah, uh, because because we released it now, people. Uh, you know, radio is more receptive because no one's releasing anything and, and people are sitting at home and they listen to it. So it's been good. Well, the album's incredible. And I'm going to talk about the album here in a few minutes. But the first thing that struck me is I got turned on to your music first. And the music, it grabs you. It makes you think. It centers you. It's a good thing to listen to once you've been in the Viper's Pit of Facebook for a few hours. And then I became friends with you on Facebook and I saw your political stuff. And I was like, this is not what I would expect from the singer of this type of band. And I know sure. any time an artist opens their mouth, the comment thread explodes. Shut up and just make your music. You know, just, just kind of like entertain me, entertain me. You shouldn't say anything about your politics. But I have to imagine that your politics, speaking out about your politics, pisses people off. But even more so because they probably thought, oh, I could go over to this George guy's page and it's just going to be all sunshine and roses. Well, I, I don't put anything uh, on the on the band page about politics because the band is my high right, self. Right, right, right. Yeah. The the Facebook page, and again, you know, if somebody is hitting you with a stick, you have to block the attack somehow, right? You can't just get hit by the stick and die. You have to defend your personal space. And my personal page is sort of like I see a lot of sticks being thrown around. And I feel like it's mostly just me stopping the nonsense. Like, mm-hmm. you know, if you're going to call Joe Biden a pedophile, you better call Donald Trump one first. Like, I mean, it's exactly. just all this ridiculous, yeah. it's all this ridiculous stuff. And well, we're to the point now they're calling Dolly Parton a radical leftist. Like, they've just gone completely off the rails. It's just his – it's just a guy's strategy. He's a, he's a sales con guy. Like, it's not – you, 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 anything, you, anyone who stands up against him, he's going to say something bad about. That's how he works. Mm-hmm. And he's going to deny, deny, deny. And people who voted for him 
are so up against the wall about the fact that they voted for him. They're being so defensive that they don't want to admit they're, they're they've maybe been wrong about something. And the yeah. polarization is is causing that that whole that whole issue. And and it's funny because sometimes on my page I can actually be very very zen and and people I, I can I can talk to people from the right alt right and and you know kind of bring them somewhere center. You're a better um, cat than I, I am. <laughs> well, it's it's hard, right? Because sometimes I've seen some great, ma- amazing people buy this QAnon stuff. Like it's yeah, really incredibly spiritual people just get t- yeah. pegged off and buying it, like believing it, like really dear friends of mine that are just like it's like a virus in itself, right? Yeah, and, true. Um, I I studied conspiracies for a long time. I mean, there's some valid. There used to be, but some valid conspiracies. And I think what's happened is. I mean, I can get into it right now, but but essentially, I mean, the CIA, um, the woman who started the Pizzagate conspiracy worked for the CIA in the White House under Bush, right? And okay. She left. She left. Got a job working for Fox News. Trump was about, was running for office. She broke the Pizzagate conspiracy, and then all of a sudden, she got a job at the White House, mm-hmm. working in media relations. But right? it's not conspiracy. Yeah. It's propaganda at that point. And the conspiracy aspect of that is that people forget that you can go back and look at your past. Like, it's all there. So you can see how at one point you were not in support of this person. You were not in any way you wanted this person not to even run for office. And all of a sudden now you're working for him. So it's like, okay, what? Right. You know what I mean? So it's like something happened. um, And, and, and we can theorize that if you want, but it's like something happened between the time that you were like, this man is not fit for office. There's too much in his closet to, I can get up every day and defend this person. Plus they have no memory. Remember? I mean, I know this seems like 35 years ago, but you remember the 2016 election where they said Hillary had like a robotic exoskeleton keeping her upright because she was dying. And then here we are a few short years later and she's like back um, having people whacked. Uh, like ever before, she's running 100 miles an hour. It's like, but I thought she was dying. Uh, yeah. She's what, like, I guess she got some Antifa super soldier formula. <laughs> I don't fucking know. It's, it's I, like, just it's just so time. dumb. I always ask the conspiracy yeah. people. I'm like, since all the Newtown kids are alive and they're, they were put in safe houses, why doesn't Trump bring the Newtown kids home? Why doesn't he take you on a tour of the FEMA death camps and go, look what I saved you from? He's got the ego. Why is he in? Like, why is he holding all this stuff from you, Trump supporter? And they get really frustrated when I do that. We're, we're in a new age, right? We're in an age of, of, of anybody can be a, a reporter. Anybody can, can polarize, create propaganda. The political parties now are figuring this out, and they're, use, and they're weaponizing social media. I mean, it's pretty obvious. And we're the casualties, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, we're the casualties. Cambridge Analytica, I mean, I believe, I'm not going to, I believed, like, they must have used their algorithm in, in 2016, and I was like, maybe Hillary Clinton is evil because Bernie Sanders didn't win, and, and he's just such a nice guy. And, you know, I just, I look at people and I feel them, and you just, like, felt like a genuine guy. And I was like, she took him out, and she needs to go down. You know what I mean? Like, all this, like, yeah. they, they use that against me, and, and they, they, and, but I'm, I can learn. And I can. I can go. Wow, that happened. I, I read up on Cambridge Analytica, and I and I and I, I I'm in programming as well, so I understand algorithms, and I realize what 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 happened to me, 
and I was able to go, okay, that's cool. That's not going to happen again, though. <laughs> like, you know. Right, so, right. If only any, everybody else can use their critical thinking skills. I mean, well, let's, let me shift back to music. Otherwise, this will turn into a political show because I'm a political animal. Sure, yeah, yeah. Um, and, I, and we could talk online all day about this stuff. But for the fans, I want to talk some music. One thing I was interested in What's going on in Canada right now, as opposed to America? Are your clubs opening back up at all? Do you have any live music out there, or is it a very similar situation here? It's a very similar situation. Um, Probably more locked down because we're Canada, so clubs aren't really happening. We have outdoor uh, things that you can maybe do. There isn't really anywhere to play. A lot of clubs have shut down. I mean, it's really happened here. Like we've, yeah, a lot of great venues have just just couldn't do it. Yeah, they said we're going to lose about eighty percent of our venues here. And, you know, that's that's what's going to happen. And then something else will hopefully occur. Um, but definitely here we've lost some. Um, but a few a few of the like I said, the, the, the one venue that we were playing, you know, played at uh, when I was in I lived in Dundas in Hamilton. The one that it plays I played all the time is, is survived and will continue to survive. So, you know, the places I play uh, across Canada seem to still be there as well. So lucky for us, but I mean, there'll always be somewhere to play as long as you have music. I think it's just a different world now. We don't know. Right. Yeah. It's the yeah. not knowing. I think it has everybody stressed up to a new level too. And it's hard. It's heartbreaking too, man. It's like, you know, uh, just the other day that went across my feet, there was a GoFundMe for a couple clubs in Baltimore that, um, that my old bands played at. And you're just like, man, you know, those guys gave us an opportunity to play on multiple occasions yep. where they, when, when they didn't have to. And now they're, it's like complete opposite. And you're like, man, you know, so uh, yeah, this, it's, it's, it's pretty painful. Yeah. And that's where being a kind person comes into play too. And, and not always mm-hmm. putting the buck first because then people will respond and go, just like you said, Hey, they gave me a chance when they didn't have to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's why that's important. All right, listen, we're going to play some love you right now off your new album. Love. Um, before you tell us about the song, do you consider this album your first official Radio Free Universe album? I know you had a couple other ones, but they're pretty hard to find. Yeah, and there's a reason. <laughs> it's, I think the, the name uh, came to me 10 years ago, um, and I've got to call a band this, and I've got to make music that's open and free, but somehow when it became a band, the guys wanted to make riff rock and I love riff rock, you know, but I, that's not all I want to do. And so I did a right. bunch of that. And it, and then, uh, you know, I can go into the story of how this album was made. It's quite incredible. Um, yeah, we please. A, well, we built this. I met this other fellow, Mark McMaster. He, he had a church and I had equipment. And we four years later, we built this amazing, you know, world-class recording facility. The Beg, Bar and Steel got the best new console that you can get. Did all the right things, you know. Uh, totally perfect mix room. Um, I used to live in California and work in places like Ocean Way and other rooms like that. And I just really mm-hmm. understood the value of a good studio and of good good monitoring and all that stuff, right? And so that's what I wanted. I did not want to make another basement recording, right? I wanted to make a real proper album. And this is really the first time I feel I, with this in this band that I've achieved that. And I can actually listen to the record on vinyl on my stereo and go, wow, this is as good as anything I own. And I, oh, I'm it's out on vinyl? It. We can get on oh, vinyl? Yeah. Oh, nice. Oh, nice. Oh, nice. nice. All really, right. Really, 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 uh, like, it makes me cry because that's my been my life goal is to make an album on vinyl that I can 
put up there with my favorites. Like for me, that's, that's, it's for me. I, I'm not saying you, you might not have that impression, but I certainly do. So back to the original so, question, would you call this yeah, the first Radio Free Universe album? Yes, kind nice. of, yes, yes. Right I mean, on. We have made other albums, but this one is really the one that speaks to the name and, and what this band stands on and the, and the only one that we felt really worth promoting. All right, um, we're going to play some Love Right Now. Do you want to give us any backstory to this? It was the last song that we made on the record. We kind of felt like we needed that, that song uh, to tie the whole record together. Uh, something more from a from an upper dimension, speaking about love, not just like emotional parts of love and different aspects right. of it. And I had written this this idea, and I had the melody, and then I went to the studio, and Mark was like, I think we should write a song called Love Right Now. And I'm like, that's the stupidest idea I've ever heard, Mark. <laughs> and then I, but, but based on my, my theory of things, I had to try it. And I, and I just, in one second, I tried it, and I was like, that is not the worst thing. That's the best thing I've ever heard. You know, because you have to be critical and open-minded, and and we just we finished the song like right away. It just happened Damn. really fast. Where the world would be if we could all be as open as you? Let me tell you, <laughs> man. I just wish people could be. I mean, people are so closed off. All right, well, let me not bum everybody out. Let, let's pick this up and play some love right now.
the sun goes down You and I ain't love right now Love right now We're all stars meant to shine But we fall on our knees and wait for a sign Don't get caught on the wrong side of time Love right now, love right now We long, we long to fly But we stand on the ground and look at the sky For the sun goes Alrighty, we have returned. We are going to talk about the new album, Love. Um, the recording process, when it's all said and done, this album sounds so good. When you're, I guess what I'm trying to ask is, how important is it production-wise, as opposed to just the whole vibe, the lyrics? Are you really high-end on the production? Is that something that's super important to you? Or is he just the structure of the song, just the guts of the song, the most important thing as a creative entity? Uh, I, I d- definitely think um, it, those are all important. Um, it starts with the song. So the first thing you have to have is a song that you could play on acoustic guitar, written beginning to end, period. Just a vocal and guitar. Um, you have to have that. And you have to love it mm-hmm. as a melody. But then when you get to the studio part, you have to do everything the song wants. And the song wants to be something. The song wants to, to breathe and live and grow its own arms and legs and have its own face. And you can't get in the way of that. And there's an energy that's occurring when it's being made. And you have to know when the vibe of the song isn't the vibe of the song. So you could just, it just doesn't feel right. And if somebody doesn't feel right, you got to sort it out till everybody feels right. And when everybody has that, go, oh, yeah, that, that's it, that's it. Then you know you can move on to the next part. And that could be very it's painstaking, and it could take a really long time, but that's the way it has to go for me. But the you and the band are pretty synced up, right? There's a pretty good symbiosis going on with you and the band, I imagine, to even put out music on this level. We we are really open-minded to one another. Um, like, but like for example, on Love Right Now, I mean, I played keys on that one. I mean, Vince plays keys on everything, and he interpreted it live even better than the record, but. It's just a matter of where the vibe is. Like, like if I play guitar or bass or somebody else, you know, it doesn't really matter. It's just where the vibe is that that has to be. Where, wherever it is, it is right. It's just a, it's just being cool enough to go. We have no ego. The song has an ego. What does it need to do? We're a band. What are we going to do to make this what it is? Right. So it's just so one of those things. You just yeah. So everybody in the band. So so everybody in the band can play multiple instruments is what I'm hearing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. And that's, that's huge. That's huge too. Cause I oh. give you that Lee. What, Cause you, you know, you're, you're, you, you, you have, like you said, you have that impression in your head and somebody comes in and they're like, maybe try this. And then you're like, Oh, you know what? I didn't even think about that. And, 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 and it just, yeah. I, I definitely somebody get that. If nobody gets it, we'll ask a friend to try. You don't care. 
about the song, right? Because they might the song might be speaking to that person for that particular thing better. It's just mm-hmm. we we really are. It's like it's a philosophy, right? It, you, you have to let the song be what it's going to be, and you have to have zero ego about it. You know, just because you're the drummer doesn't mean you have to be the drummer. It doesn't matter. Exactly. And I think that's what makes you guys, as I used in the intro, undefinable because it's really hard to shove you guys into a box. Yay. So, I mean, but yeah. that's not by, is, is that, or, I mean, I got to imagine that's organic just from how you're explaining your process. You didn't set out and go, we want to make a band that you can't really put into a box. You were just so open. That's what ended up happening. The name Radio Free Universe is about not be about being non-genre specific really it's about really really it is exactly that and how how to achieve that is by being as open as possible and letting and letting the like the force speak to who it needs to speak to and not be like this is mine right it's not yours it's the, the song came from somewhere else we're just little antennas and wherever the the whoever was connected at is at a given time is connected at a given time you know, and that's just the way it is. Yeah, and Odell, we've had other bands on here, like Bonnie from Death Valley Girls, who have the same philosophy about music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's the and that yeah, yeah, and that's the thing. I think for in in Georgia, you, you can uh, I think you'll uh, you definitely understand it. It's, it's it's when it comes to the band, I always like I always tell uh, friends that that weren't in bands um, that uh, it's a it's a relationship. So. Um, there's a lot of emotions. There's a lot, like you said, there's egos. As long as, you know, there's, you're, there are individuals that are coming in to do one common thing, but you got to be open to do that common thing. And, and I think as you continue to play, I think like when you see a lot of these bands that have been playing forever and they come out with more and then you hear them say, you know, this is the best that we've ever sounded or this, is, this album that we've done opened up so much more. They're not, for the most part, they're not, they're not, trying to fluff anything they're seriously like we have grown throughout these years and 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 we have something together and we're at that point now where it's like it's just music it's just a beautiful thing we're enjoying it um especially when you have all kinds of craziness going around you oh yeah it's a great motivator to get centered like i said Radio Free Universe now is one of those I put on when I've spent too much time in a Viper pit, when I've just been scrolling through Facebook (laughs) and a fucking vein is pulsating (laughs) on the side of my head. And I'm like, all right, all right, let me pop in some love and let me kind of decompress here or I'm going to go bananas and start like picking flowers off the wallpaper. That's awesome. So it's good to have things out there. And it's not just Radio Free Universe. We all have our little refuge to, to get away from everything, but it's you're doing a service because it's great to have that out there in the universe, in the cosmos, for people to kind of go check out to find some kind of balance in all this madness. Yeah, and just to just to clearly clear on the point because we talked about the creative process. I am also technically um, insane. Like it has to be the technicality of recording has to be in everything has to be perfect. Otherwise, you're 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 taking away from that process. So you have to have the right preamps and the signal path and all of the mechanics of how the board works and the mix situation and the monitoring and just like gain structure into the console. Like all those technical things are are, right. are, are very wow. uh, like a science to me that I've taken years understanding so that I don't have to be in the way of it when we're recording. It's just bang, bang, bang. We're doing it. Right. So you, to, there's no thought. Yeah. 
So you don't even have a muse for your songs. It sounds like your songs are your muse. You're paying homage to the songs, trying to get them, like, let me make you as beautiful and as potent and as much great energy as possible. I've never, ever heard anyone say that, and that's really smart, and that's really cool. The songs are definitely the muse to us, yes. Yeah, I mean, that's the vibe I got when you said that. It's like you're paying the homage to the song because you want the song to be perfect because that's what's demanded of it. That's what it deserves. So, yeah. so, so George, with that being said, when do you know it's time to stop on a song? Oh, it just happens. It's like, uh, it's just, you know, you get a bunch of stuff in there and then you when, in the mix process, you know, you, you've got all these things. And then as you listen, just you, you think in the mix and a great producer, Ross Hogarth, taught me this. When he's mixing, he just like listens. And then when the vibe isn't right, he just stops the song and goes, what's happening? And then you start removing things until the, it can go by and it feels good okay. still. You know what I mean? And that's, that's the gotcha. same thing. You just, yeah, it just, you just, it's just a, a you can't, eventually you just listen to it from beginning to end and nothing stops you. You never, you don't need, you don't want to push stop. So let me kind of ask you a generic philosophical question here because the way that you look at this, the way you frame things is so interesting to me. Outside of keeping the lights on, of course, what is your definition of success? Um, uh, uh, whew. Right now, I'm, I'm, I, feel, I feel successful right now. I don't know how to, how to... Are you always striving for the brass ring? Or is it like, look, I'm just living and creating and everything, I, I everything just, else will fall in place? I put... I, I don't... Like, honestly, I love playing, you know, but the thing that made that did it for me was when I put that, uh, I put the, I put the song, I put the record on my, on my turntable after I listened to like my favorite records, you know, some Beatles, some Eagles, some Pink Floyd, some mm-hmm. Nirvana, whatever, some right. awesome old hip hop, you know, I listened to all the things I love, some old Frank Sinatra that I love vinyl that just blows me away. Quincy Jones stuff, pr- productions and Michael Jackson records. And then I put love on and it, it sounds like it just blew me away how good it sounded. And that it, it, I didn't, I didn't stop listening to it or flinch. I just turned over that record and listened to the second side. And I was super, super happy. And that's success. I have succeeded. You know, I am somebody it. who's very into legacy. And it's always fascinating when I talk to artists who actually have formable work out there. And I think to myself, man, dude, a hundred years after you're dead, somebody's going to be pulling up whatever they have then, like a Radio Free Universe hologram of you guys playing, or like, I don't know, they'll plug it right into their brainstem or whatever. But a hundred years after you're gone, your work will outlive you. Is that sort of thing important to you? Um, I'm going to just be selfish and say no. Because the whole universe is, I mean, we're just a little blip. It doesn't matter. We'll be gone. It'll keep going. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just, it's just for me in the moment right now. Like in, in the moment we've made, I've made this music. I have a record I can listen to. I have a record that expresses all the influences um, here on earth and around, and from the spirit world, whatever you want to call it, the energy world. And I can listen to that record in this moment and love it. That's where it stops for me. Well, that's deep, man. I, like I said, I wish I could get yep, to that yeah. point. I'm always running in circles. You can ask D because me and D, of course, are together. And my contingency plans have contingency plans. I've got everything <laughs> mapped out in my head, man. <laughs> I'm not a living a moment type of guy, is what I'm saying. I understand that. I, I get it. I do get. I do get that. 
Yeah, so, but if I could get centered like you are, woohoo. Man, can you imagine, Odell, the power I would unleash? Oh, unleash? gosh. <laughs> it would be scary. I love I love the line, my contingency plans have contingency plans. They do. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> I'm you always got, but playing. There's joy, there's joy in having a plan, too, you know? I, 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 oh, I yeah. And we had a plan to release it. And we, you know, I will, I'm not going to lie in the sense that we didn't know that this was a decent record and we, I sent it to a, a bunch of producer buddies and they're like, you got to get this out there, call these people. So I called those people and they got us in touch with the orchard and then they got us in touch with some radio people and a, and a publicist mm-hmm. we could afford, you know, everyone was willing to work at a, at a place that worked for us. And I just said, yes, and even if I didn't have the money, I just said, yeah, I'll do that. And they all, and the money just showed up. I had yeah, no plan. No, I money. get that. Yeah. I do. I do stuff like that too. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I mean, we just did a play in New York, me and D, and I just said yes, and I don't know how. I mean, I always tell, I always tell my daughter the other day, I said the acting experience. I'm glad I did it, just like skydiving, but I wouldn't want to repeat it unless I could just be a novelty, like just show up in a Sharknado movie for 30 seconds and get my head bit off, just show up in <laughs> weird places and die. I would be down for that, but yeah. acting, acting, that's just not my shtick. But I'm glad I said yes. And went to New York and did that experience because it was a great experience for me. That sounds awesome, man. Yeah. So were you, were you started in a play or you made a play? Uh, me and Dee and our friend April, we just had bit roles. I had like seven or eight lines. But it was an incredible play by Katie McHale called The Circle of Eyes. Won a bunch of awards while we were out there at Winterfest. And it was off-Broadway, wow. which means we are paid off-Broadway actors. It counts. I count it. yeah i really forced gump my way into a lot of situations that i don't deserve to be in just by staying open yeah so you do it you know you just did how'd you do this radio show like did you you know what i mean well it was a weird back door no i went on my friend claire's um she had a show called four directions on blog talk radio back in 2013 i actually just did my 500th podcast the other day and um wow she asked me to call in because I'm a political animal, as I said, and I talked some politics and I asked Claire, I was like, how do you do this? And she's like, well, get an account on Blog Talk. So I started a political show back in 2013 called The Ignorance Equation because I saw this great divide co- coming. And I got a guy who was very far right and I'm you know, more to the left. And I was like, no matter how heated it gets, we're going to show people you can shake hands at the end of it and walk away still friends. And I didn't even know what a podcast was. I just called it online radio back then. And it was, you know, it got heated, but it was manageable until Trump came on the scene. And then, you know, family disowning me, people telling me they're going to kick my head in. I mean, it just got too toxic. But I got into the entertainment world through this weird backdoor of politics and activism. And then I kind of had to separate more and more from that because it was taking a toll on my mental health. Oh, wow. That's a, that's an amazing story. That's amazing. Yeah. So that's so kind of my me, journey, how I got here. So let me ask you the question from Canada. Is, is Trump going to win again? Like, what's going on? Oh, what's God, the, no. Please, no. Please, I, 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 no. I would, I, say, I would say never say never. I mean, I would say no, but we saw what happened in the last election. Um, Let me tell you what I do believe. I do believe his end game, if he can't win, is to get a picture of him being dragged out of the White House in handcuffs so he could tell all his little minions this was an illegal deep state coup and I've been overthrown. And then he will retire to Trump Tower and you will literally have people for the next two or three years going, still your president. Ha ha. 
No, Biden's president. Fake news. I don't believe it. Trump's still the president. You'll literally have his minions saying he's still the president. Wow. I bet you're right. Wow. Amazing. Yeah, I see around a lot of corners when it comes to political stuff. But this is like the first time that I've actually seen a a real, and I was talking, uh, telling my wife this, uh, I think it was yesterday, because we've been watching the the Democratic National Convention and stuff, but um, this is like the first time I've seen a concerted effort by government in its own right to get rid of somebody. Like, uh, just just the timing of everything that's coming out. You know, you have, of course, the, the, the National Convention, and, and then you see who's been on there, or, you know, Republicans, Democrats from all over have been on there. But you, then, you know, when, how I, when yeah, you're right. Yeah, well, you know, but when the reports are coming out, more of Russia's stuff is coming out. And it's coming from the Senate, not the not the House of Representatives. It's coming from. Uh, but that GOP doesn't land. matter. As soon as anybody says anything against Trump, they're retroactively a leftist, socialist, Antifa, deep state, liberal. It, it, it does. I, I'm not, and I'm not worried about those. I'm not worried. I'm talking. This is for the people that are on the fence. This is not for the people. The people that are in bed with Trump are in bed with Trump. We, Do you we think anybody's really that. on the fence anymore? But, but there are still but people it, on the fence. Yeah. If you, there was there, a there's deep still state. If there was a deep state, like, let's be dead serious, he would have been assassinated by now, and the world would have rejoiced. But True. there isn't yeah. one. Yeah, that's so why, I, that totally debunks, like, all the Kennedy, like, assassination stories. It's like, I mean, and even Obama had his people, I'm sure, in the administration that didn't like him. So, yeah, I don't buy into any of that deep state. All right, let me try to get us back to the music world here. The music. <laughs> You'll have to come on our Apocalyptic Peanut Butter page or on our Apocalyptic Peanut Butter podcast, and then we can talk about all this crazy. But I want to finish up with this. Walk us – man, people are going to be listening to this show. Their heads are going to be spinning because um, <laughs> we're all over the place. Uh, walk us through the history because I was watching some King Clancy YouTube videos, Ooh, and, and wow. I was like – and one, I like it. I like it a lot. But yeah. two, I was like, damn – George looks younger now than he did in King Clancy. And you could tell, like, the energy level now is like you're enjoying yourself so much more because, I like, it was hard for me to even recognize. You know, I was like, do I have to write King Clancy? Dude, Dalai Lama and my wife and my kids and and everything. And it's just I'm just in a really good place. The only, you know, until I just say that the only sad thing to me right now is I've been taking care of my dad who's like somewhere between 93 and 96 which we don't know because he's Greek uh, but he just went into to, to he has to go into care now because he's not he can't he's got dementia so bad there's no there's no taking wow. care of him right but yeah, up in, that, is, yeah. that has also been the, the most rewarding um, experience that I, I can't I can't tell you what it's done for me as a human being right so I have kids that love me. My kids are amazing. I have a wife that's the greatest thing in the world. I'm just a really happy guy now, right? Um, you know, I, I do Jetpack Records. I, I have this amazing band that I love. I, and I have this great, I do this other, uh, this, you know, kind of a day job where I'm vice president of this. Uh, we, do, we do sort of like automation, of course. We, we make the world a better place through automation, right? Not, not taking nice. people's jobs away, nothing like that, right? Actually just making things safer and, uh, you know, making stuff talk in, in in a good way. And it's just been a really, I'm just in a really good place right now. Life is really good and I feel good. And so I, maybe it shows, you know. Let me um kind of flash back here to your childhood. Coming from a Greek home, and I don't know if your home was like my home, but I had a pretty strict <laughs> 
Greek household, were they pretty open sure. to your music ambitions? Were they supportive? Not Did they all. try to cultivate that? Not, yeah, I was going to say. Not in the beginning. Not in the beginning. In the beginning, look, they want they they, they liked when I did music or played the piano, but my dad was like, "You're gonna like be a lawyer or whatever, whack in the face or clean up, and this isn't clean, you know, kick you down the stairs like Greeks." <laughs> and that was normal. People like that wasn't abusive. All the Greek kids got kicked down the stairs all the time. It was normal. Yeah, they did. You're you're making me <laughs> nostalgic. So somehow it didn't, yeah, like somehow it didn't, we didn't get bruised or die. Like it, everything was normal, right? So we are a hearty I, people, George. I, yeah, I never, <laughs> and I've never, you know, I, it, it, it was some trauma to get through with that. I'm, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to say it wasn't, wasn't tough, but I never, one day I was in some play and he came to when I was in grade six and I'd been doing music all the way from a little kid. I sang along to the vacuum cleaners when I was a kid and, uh, he saw me sing and he was like, that was amazing. Like, I can't believe how good you sounded. And my dad loves music. And my mom was a singer in Greece. Okay. And she sang all the time. So once I did that, it was like, whatever you need, you know, I'll do opera, I'll take opera lessons, I'll take piano lessons. I could do that. And then, then they saw me do another play uh, where I did hair actually. And I was like the, the star of that show, uh, like, a, like a off Broadway, but we toured with it kind of vibe when I was a teenager. And he, he I met, he's never been happier. So when I said, I'm going to do music, He's like, yes, go do music, you know, but whatever wow, you that's do, amazing. but the one thing he said is you got to finish university though. And you can do music. So I finished, I made it so that I was done with university at, at, a, at a younger age um, in, in Canada because I, I made it. So I was a sort of, a, I've always been a salesman too. And I just kind of floated my way through university music because I helped them and they helped me. And then I got my, I went to, I went around the world and got a master's degree and, and I was young and then I was able to continue just playing, you know, from a young age in a rock band, basically. And I haven't stopped. And also you have that Greek passion because we're a passionate people. You have the structure because most Greek households are very structured. So you were yep. very, with having your dad in your corner at that point, I feel like you were very prepared to take this all on and do step A to step B to step C to things. A lot of people want to circumvent and take shortcuts just in general life, but in music especially sometimes. And I feel like you had that structure so you knew exactly how to take the steps to be successful well, or at least get where you wanted to go. The biggest, greatest lesson I ever got was from Oscar Peterson at York University. I took, like, I got a lesson or two from him. And, and I was going to, I was gonna, like doing improv jazz piano and I wasn't very good. And he just looked at me and he said, look, man, if you want to play an instrument, you have to want to play that instrument 10 hours a day. You know what I mean? Whatever your instrument for composition or whatever it is you're going to do is going to be, what's an instrument that you can sit down and do for 10 hours a day? And I said, well, it's not piano. And he's like, well, what is it? He's like, I'm like singing. I love to sing. He's like, well, then that's what you got to focus on. And you got to do it 10 hours a day. And, in, and, and if you do that wow. in a couple of years, you've probably done enough of it already because I've heard you sing. And he's like, in a couple of years, you're going to master it. And that's what you're going to do. And I did exactly what he said. I locked myself in a little studio and I sang for 10 hours a day. And then when I moved to L.A., I sang for all the time. I just did not stop singing. And, 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 I, wasn't, and I listened back to, you know, what I, was, what, I, what I was to what I've become. And that's all. It, it's just time in, man. You just try. Keep doing it, right? Truth. And it, it wasn't yeah, rocket. Yeah. That's not, that's not, and then everything happens after that. And all the other stuff, you know, I wish I had been 
less uh, like I, I have other issues, like I'm socially conscious and stuff like that, but that all kind of went away in the last few years. But uh, yeah, that's really the key. Right on. All right, man. Well, I think that's a great place to end. And that's how yeah. I'm, I'm hoping people get as much out of this as I am. And I'm really hoping enough young people here, listen to me saying young people, but enough young people hear this to get inspired and understand that everything is a circle. And, you know, I have friends that are in different levels of the industry. And I think even if you have a video, somebody will see that and assume like you have a certain type of lifestyle and they won't see the work behind it. And usually, you know, especially 10 years ago, I had friends that were in successful bands living at home with their mom and people think they're living in mansions. And that's just not the case. That's just not the way the world is. So one of the things I hope to do with this show, because I am a lover of music, I spent some time playing in some punk bands. And and by the way, your attitude, even though it doesn't show through the music itself, your attitude is very punk rock. Sweet. <laughs> I love punk music. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, I mean, it shows through your philosophy and just the way you express yourself and reading some of your posts. You have that DIY, get stuff done ethic that's part of the punk world. And you also have that fire when it comes to issues you're passionate about. So, all, like I said, all of it goes into a circle. So... I hope through this show, and I've said this before on air, that I'm just, you know, a servant of the people. I'm putting this out there, and I hope people learn something from it. So, all right, well, let's end there. Before you go out the door, please tell everybody where to find you on the interwebs. And are you working? Are you able to work on anything, or are you just kind of in a holding pattern? I'm, I got my piano, and I'm writing uh, some songs. Like, the, oh, it's good, starting. Good. I, it, it's in the last... Uh, five days it's been starting i've got a, it just comes right they just start coming so now i guess now it's happening um yep. we're we're gonna release one more single maybe two off this record to beat it like a beautifully dead horse because we have some buzz um and then uh we're hoping to tour you know that'd be great man just like please god that we can actually uh, by the time the last single comes out actually get a chance to play for people that have liked the music and you can and you can find us on uh, you know Facebook is a good one Instagram is a good one it's just Radio Free Universe on Facebook and it's uh, Radio Free Universe on Instagram Twitter you know what like we're there we got people that follow us but who gives a crap I don't care about Twitter sorry Twitter but oh. it just doesn't just does it's just all <laughs> politics it's like don't don't piss off the me. hashtaggers. I won't. I won't. I love the hashtags. And actually, you know, for promotional purposes, it's pretty good. But for like your fan base, it's, it's, you, you've got to be such a well-established persona for it to count, I think. But for uh, but but we also have a dot uh, CA or uh, Radio for Universe dot net dot CA. The guy who owns the dot com bought it when I was trying to buy it. And he's trying to sell it to me for thirty five grand. So I called him the scum of the earth and bought him Peter <laughs> of the Internet. So I offered him three hundred bucks and I'm never going to buy it for that much but because because all the socials are there but yeah please look us up and check out the vinyl if you have a if you have a record player man i i, I guarantee you'll like it i'm super proud of it and, and let me say one more thing awesome. so this is kind of an unconventional structure for this episode i want to go back to this it is amazing to me and this just shows how hard working you guys are you've already got three videos out for this album yeah. That is crazy to me yeah. how fast you are putting everything out and how hard you guys are working at this. We have a live uh, acoustic version of Love Right Now out too. Um, you can find the link. On, uh, radio stations are sharing it, and I'll be putting it on the web this week as well. Right okay. on. Pretty awesome. It's live right. It's exciting. Yeah. 
Well, thanks for calling in and talking about all yeah, the important George, things, thank you. George. It was very enlightening, thank man. Thank you. You're a great interviewer, both, both all y'all. Good energy. It's great. Thanks. Oh, Why not awesome. take that? It's high awesome. Thank you. Awesome. All right, we are going to get out of here. We will be back in a couple weeks. Hey, um, yeah. round, round and round, Odell. Yes, I'm going to have to get my, uh, uh, you know, exterminator out here pretty soon. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> hey, my hair. <laughs> It's good timing for this, too, because I haven't had a haircut in six months, so my hair is almost down to my shoulders. So maybe oh I'll, I'll hairspray uh, it up. Uh, oh, I can do that. Awesome. I know how to Dawn do that. Don the fingerless gloves. you got to put the fingerless gloves on. Uh, let's not go fucking and... at us here. <laughs> can you ask them one question for me? Dude, please, just ask them one question for me. Yeah, yeah. If you can hear me still. Yeah. The, yeah. the rat distortion pedal, is that for them? Like oh, everyone has good call. Ask them that question, please, and, and let me I'll listen to find out. Yeah, make a note of that for us, Steve, please. Gotcha. <laughs> All right, Will I do. think that's a good place to end. Thanks, guys. Night, everybody. All right, guys. Good night. Good night, folks.